as I said, it's just a real privilege to have technology now that allows us to be able to be with each other. Um, we're so thankful for that. But um, we're in a world of chaos and a world of unknown and uncertainty, which makes this Good Friday even a more special thing. I just ask that you join me now as we pray and turn our hearts towards the Lord. Lord, this is a time of uncertainty, and we know that the disciples face that as well. So as we consider the events that led up to the crucifixion, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to see how you are a God who turns the bad into good, how you are a God who takes the chaos and the uncertainty and the difficulties of life, and you use those to bring about gifts in our lives and to bring glory to you. So help us to have our hearts turn to you, Lord. Help us to see you at work in our lives or in every day in the situations that we face. And help us during this time right now of contemplation to be able to grow closer to you, to be able to trust you even more, Lord, and to help our lives to just be filled with your love so that we may spread that to the world around us. Amen. Thank you and enjoy our service. This is the point in our Good Friday service when we would normally take an offering. And our offering for our Good Friday service goes towards our benevolent fund, which is our helping fund. We use that to help people who are in need in our greater community and also people who are in need in our church community. And so if you are able to, we would love to have you give. Obviously, we can't give together, but if you are giving online, if you do that already, you can make a special designation for our benevolent fund. And if you send in your your giving, you can do that by just mailing in a check and indicating on that uh, designation for the benevolent fund. We, if you are a person who is in need in our community, we want to be aware of that as well. And, and this is what this fund is for. So if you have needs, please let us know. If you have prayer needs, any other ways that we as a church can be ministering to you, please contact us. We are here to serve you. And we would love to know about those things. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a God who loves us and a God who blesses us. As we give our offering together, uh, we thank you for the ways in which you generously bestow your gifts upon us and and invite us to participate in the work that you are doing by our giving as well. We pray that you will use the gifts that we give tonight to honor you, to proclaim your name among those in our neighborhoods and proclaim your name among those who are part of our church. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the ways in which you See us and know us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Yet not as I will, but as you will. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from chief priests and the elders of the people. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. 
Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Do you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the government. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then? Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him! Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on the knees, they paid homage to him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes on him. They led him out to be crucified. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Well, ain't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus called out with a louder voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, men of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. And by his wounds we are healed. And by his wounds we are healed. this point in our service, we are going to share communion together. We do this every year on Good Friday, and we do it to remember the meal that Jesus ate with his disciples before 
his crucifixion. We call this the Last Supper because it was the last meal that they had before he went to his death. So as we come to the story of this Last Supper in John chapter 13, we're told it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. We're told Jesus knew. He knew all that he was about to endure. He knew the suffering and the pain that he was going to experience. He knew that one of his closest disciples, Judas, would betray him. He knew that the rest of his disciples, when the time came, would abandon him. They would scatter and flee. He knew that Peter, another disciple, before morning, would deny that he ever knew him three times. He knew all of these things. And yet we're told, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus knew all of the ways in which his disciples would abandon him and betray him. And he loved them. And he showed them this love by taking the form and acting as the lowest of servants. And one by one, to James, to John, to Peter, and even to Judas, washing their feet as an act of love and service. But this wasn't the only way that Jesus showed his love to his disciples, and it's not the only way he shows his love to us, because in just a few hours, he would show the fullest extent of his love by going to the cross and taking their sins upon himself to give them life. And Jesus knew. He knew their sins. He knew my sins. He knew your sins. And he loved us to the end. He knew our betrayals and our denials. And he loved us to the end. So we're told in Luke that as the disciples and Jesus gathered to have this meal, they came to the bread, which we are about to share together. They came to the time where they were to share the bread. And he said this. He says, he gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This bread is a representation of Christ himself, his body that was given for you and I as an act of love. This was not a backup plan. This wasn't a a failure of what Jesus actually intended to do, but this was Jesus' choice. This is why he came, to go and endure the cross for you and for me as an act of love. And so John tells us in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him 
will not perish, but have everlasting life. So as we come and we eat this bread together, we do it as a reminder of God's love for us. And if you are watching this tonight and you don't know that love, it is a free gift. It is for you. It's as easy as it will be to take up this bread and put it into your mouth. All you have to do is to say yes to this gift of God. And as we eat together as a church, as a body, the body of Christ, we eat this bread that represents his body as an act of love for you and for me. Let's eat together. Thank you for joining us for this communion service, this Good Friday service. Obviously, it's a different one this year, and we're so glad that you've uh, sharing this time with us and you've chosen to spend a few moments with us. It always amazes me that as the Lord Jesus Christ came to uh, that last supper, we call it, that last Passover meal. It was the Passover meal, just as our Jewish families are celebrating Passover this week. And it says, when the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. It's always struck me that the Lord Jesus Christ emphasized, I I am eager to eat this. I I have anticipated. I've had great desire to spend this time with you, my disciples. For this last supper. Those disciples even included Judas. Passover is a communal event. It was never intended to be a a, a solitary event. It was a communal event. And it was a time to celebrate. After the lamb has been slain. And now it is roasted for the meal. A time to celebrate their freedom. And their deliverance. And their salvation. As the Lord Jesus Christ shared this last supper. We call it. With his disciples. And there's a tradition at uh, Passover, and you may have heard of this, that the youngest uh, child at the table who's able to uh, recite this asks the question, why is this night different from all other nights? That tradition goes back to the Bible times. We know from the Mishnah, which was uh, which came from the time of the, of the New Testament era. Uh, and at the Mishnah, there are instructions. And the instructions we find here, and, and he says here, they mix him the second cup, and here the son asks his father, why is this night different from other nights? For on other nights we eat seasoned food once, but this night twice. On other nights we eat leavened or unleavened bread, but this night all is unleavened. On other nights we eat flesh, roast, stewed, or cooked, but this night all is roast. Why is this night different from all other nights? As a child growing up, Jesus may have been the one at the table as the youngest child at one point, as their, as their extended family gathered, be the one to ask, why is this night different from all other nights? And of course, there's a little bit of irony this year, as that is said, because this Passover night for this past week is certainly different from any in their lifetime. Why is it so different in all other nights? Why is this different? And of course, this last Passover that our Lord shared with his disciples we certainly could say, why was this one different from all other nights? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, was about to be slain. He would have to go there alone. He would have to go to the cross by himself. 
But on this night, this communal gathering, he desired to be with those whom he loved, those who were closest to him, just as you desire as we come toward Easter. And uh, we celebrate Good Friday and we celebrate Easter and it's going to be different this year uh, because we cannot get together as extended families. We cannot get together as a church family physically. It's different. And the Lord wanted to spend that time with his disciples. And as he did so, and he, and he, and he had the four cups that are taken during that uh, Passover celebration. And we find in verse 20, he says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, maybe the third cup. There are different opinions, but possibly the third cup of blessing. And he said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This night, this Passover, this last supper was different than all others because it heralded what was about to come. The pouring out of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The new covenant in his blood, which is the sacrifice that is the payment for sins, for sins past, sins present, and the future. Underneath that covenant of the new blood will someday be the new covenant with the household of Israel. The salvation we experience today through the blood of Jesus Christ. It paid for the sins previous because the Bible says the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sins. This was the epical salvation event. Just as Passover was the epical salvation event for Israel, this is finally the epical salvation event that we celebrate tonight. We celebrate uh, you are in your homes And uh, we will celebrate this together. And uh, we trust that as we do so, that we will take a moment to just meditate and to contemplate. Why is this night different from all other nights? Why was that Last Supper different from all other Last Suppers? Because it heralded what was about to come, but Jesus had to go alone to the cross of Calvary. And he had to suffer alone. And in that darkness, when those three hours of darkness, when the wrath of God was poured out on the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to suffer alone. But for that short time beforehand, he desired to spend this time with those whom he loved. And we desire as a church family tonight to spend this time with you, with your family. Maybe you're alone by yourself. Be with your family. Uh, We trust that this will be a time for you to give serious thought and meditation and joy and celebration that we are celebrating the epical salvation event, the blood atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ, which gives us hope for now, for tomorrow, for all eternity, the marvelous grace and love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts through the salvation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So at this time, we're going to share in this cup together. And I'd like to ask if you would just uh, take uh, whatever you have at your house that you've uh, gathered around. If you would just take a moment that each person could have uh, a small amount of it. And as you have shared it together, if each would take their cup, as we drink together, we are reminded what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul quoted this passage from the Gospels. The Lord Jesus Christ said, this blood is the blood of my new my covenant, the new covenant in my blood. And Paul goes on to say, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death 
until he comes. What we do tonight is a reminder and a proclamation and a testimony that we believe that Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins with his blood. We do show forth this until he returns, until he comes again. Let's all drink together and share in this reminder of Jesus Christ's blood. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the privilege of sharing this together. Lord, we desire to be together tonight as the Lord desired to be with his disciples. But as we gather in our homes, in our apartments, wherever we are tonight, we are one. We are communing together because we commune with you as the church, the body of Christ. And we thank you for that privilege of being called by your name. And we celebrate this night the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, which opened the way for salvation, for forgiveness, for grace, mercy, and your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining uh, with us tonight for this uh, online communion service. We really appreciate it, and we trust it's been meaningful for you and your family. As the Lord Jesus Christ uh, concluded that Last Supper, uh, they would have come to the end of the Hallel Psalms, which were sung twice during this, uh, this celebration, at least 118th Psalm. And the last portion that would have closed the Hallel Psalms and the, the Passover celebration uh, was this. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, come and join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God. I will give you thanks. You are my God. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. At the end of that service, it says that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn, and they went out to the garden tomb toward the Mount of Olives. And so at this time, we want to conclude our service and just want to remind you to join us, please, for Easter Sunday morning. Our service will be broadcast at 9 o'clock. You can watch it anytime during the day, but it will be available at 9 o'clock because we're going to gather on Easter together as we have the last several weeks. And we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. And please join with us. And thank you again for sharing this time with us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again for these few moments to commune together and to commune with you around this Last Supper celebration. And Father, we thank you even during these difficult times that we have hope in the gospel. We have hope through our Lord Jesus Christ. We look forward to the day that we can gather again in our church uh, family to gather and to worship. But we will continue to be the church of our Lord Jesus Christ each day. And we look forward to celebrating Easter morn, Resurrection Day together. In Christ our Savior's name, all God's people say together, Amen. Thank you.